Welcome to the International Space Training Center. You're here today to train for the greatest adventure in the history of mankind, the exploration of deep space. Soarin' to tower, we are ready for takeoff. Body probe Sierra 657 is online for miniaturization in Bay 3. Condition code green. Just stay in your seats, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll blow you up as soon as possible. Hmm? You know what I mean. We welcome you to the living seas. We welcome you to... W Radio. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 299 for the week of November 4th, 2012. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic to wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts, events, my trivia books, CDs, and more. You can find it all over at www.radio.com. So this week, we're going to explore the attractions beyond the attractions in Future World as we take a close look at one of Walt Disney World's hidden treasures and overlooked experiences, the Epcot Post Shows. Interactive, entertaining, and educational, they're also full of wonderful details, stories, and opportunities. Answer the Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week for your chance to win a Disney prize package. I'll then have some announcements at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. So I want to take just a minute to say thank you and to ask for your help because you know I consider each and every one of you not just a friend but part of my extended family and you have once again demonstrated your friendship and support because WDW Radio was just nominated for a podcast award in the travel category over at podcastawards.com. I am sincerely honored and humbled and grateful for that recognition and now I'd like to please ask for your help. Starting November 1st, Please visit podcastawards.com and vote for WDW Radio in the travel category, which is located on the lower right corner in the slate of categories. Also, be sure to include your name and a valid email address because your vote is likely going to need to be verified by clicking on an email you're going to receive from the podcast awards. Now, please note, you can vote once per day, every day, until the voting period ends and your daily votes are going to be necessary and important to help the show. Because you also know that at the end of every show, I ask that if you like the show, please help spread the word and tell others. And if possible, I'd like to ask if you could please do the same here. Tweet out the link and information and share it on Facebook and let others know as well. I want to thank you all again for your support and most of all for the friendship that you have extended to me. The greatest reward has been getting to share my passion for Disney with you. And for that gift, I am grateful beyond words. Please don't forget to start voting daily November 1st over at podcastawards.com. And thanks again.
Recently, and moving forward into the future, Disney is making in-park experiences much more interactive. Not just in the attractions themselves, like Toy Story and Mania, where you change and impact what happens to you, but in the queues as well, right? So we're seeing the advance of the queueless queue, and also experiences that no longer make you feel as though you're waiting in line. From pre-show movies, which have been around really since the very beginning, to props and details and well-themed cues, to games or scavenger hunts, to visual and auditory and other sensory elements, the Walt Disney World Parks experience is moving from passive to much more active and interactive. And in some areas, that trend has not only been present almost nearly since the park's inception, but has changed a different aspect and portion of the experience itself, the post-show. And in Epcot, some of those experiences aren't just fun, but ones in which you might even learn something along the way. So this week, we're going to explore another sometimes overlooked hidden treasure in Walt Disney World, the Epcot post-shows. And joining me this week is the Disney daddy, Chuck Lionberger, who, like me, is not only a fan of Epcot, but I think as a father of young children, I think probably agrees with me that these experiences are not only entertaining, but educational as well. Oh, without a doubt, Lou, in many respects, these are the attractions after the attractions. And so all too often I see people walking through... Uh, following uh, you know the, the the main show as it is and zipping right through the post show and I'm like well, where where are you going you're missing part of the good stuff so you know, come back come back um, and you know for my kids who you know <laughs> not so young anymore I I have the the duty of saying I have a high schooler now which is kind of hard because he was in kindergarten just last week it seems like <laughs> but um, they still love the post shows they really do love the post shows and a lot of times. You know, we'll come out of certain attractions, which we'll, which we'll talk to talk about as we get going here, and it's oh come on, please can we stop just you know five minutes to do you know this or that or or the other. So, in a lot of times, especially with kids, these really are the attraction after the attraction, and you know, in some of these that we're going to talk about, I would say they're in many respects the main event, or they even outshine what is considered the main event. Yeah, and when we talk about some of these too, you know, you talk about things that are now becoming attractive to kids, and some of them, it makes sense because they are, uh, they're digital, right? They're video game kind of things. So there, there are the bright lights and bells and whistles that make them feel as though they are playing the video game, which they probably just put down on their iPhone or iPad five minutes earlier. But some of them are also very rudimentary, right? Very simple, very tactile things that we'll talk about as well too. But I think we should sort of virtually tour through. Epcot Center and start right at the beginning over at Spaceship Earth. And I'll tell you, this this obviously attraction has gone through a number of different changes um, since it was Bell Systems and AT&T and, you know, what has sort of changed in that Earth station space. But this is one where it, it the post-show really, I think, Chuck, fits into the story of Spaceship Earth because you go from the past into the present, and when you come out in, into the post-show, you're really moving into the future. Oh, without a doubt, because you're looking at a number of different pieces of the future, from dealing with exhibits about uh, transportation to power systems to your own body uh, and, and health, uh, things like that. So, you know, once again, we're continuing the theme of Spaceship Earth, and, and really, to even draw upon a, a, a song that sadly is no longer around, we're all becoming tomorrow's child. And so we're looking at 
some of the different experiences in games, and some of them are, are truly more more of a game. There's a great racing game um, that's there that you know is when you boil it down. I mean, it's a racing game, um, but there are pieces to it that explain about smart cars and um, smart inventions when it comes to transportation. And for you know someone like me who you know over here in Virginia, uh, just you know, 45 miles away, we have the Virginia Tech Transportation Institute, and I've seen firsthand what they're doing. So for me, you know, these are, you know, looking at this particular um, exhibit, I know firsthand what they're doing because I've seen it. I've seen the the actual science and the actual experiment behind it. So it's it's pretty cool. Some of the others that are going on, um, you actually learn a little bit about yourself. Think about there's the uh, the, the the body experience that you can learn about your reaction time. And understand how the mind moves to the hand to make the hand move and, and things like that. So, a lot of fascinating things that that uh, go on there uh, in Project Tomorrow. And again, it's another place that you just don't want to zip on through and see if you can make it to the next headliner. And, and what I like about Project Tomorrow is, and you have to forgive the cliche, is I think there really is something here for everybody. I think there is something for kids and kids of all ages, right? So, kids, younger kids on their face, right? They are enjoying Super Driver, right? The driving simulation mm-hmm. game or Bodybuilder, which is great because it uses 3D technology to sort of digitally build this human body. Power City is sort of a shuffleboard game of the future. And then there's that uh, the Intervision game, sort of like a Simon meets Dance Dance Revolution right. kind of thing. So on the for the kids, they are playing games, right? Maybe they're going to get a little, maybe they'll get something out of it. They'll learn something as well too. But remember, this is sponsored by Siemens AG. This really is, as Epcot was meant to be, a showcase of some of their technologies, right? So we as adults are able to pull out from there, what are some of these changes? What, what does the future hold in energy management, in medicine, in transportation? And you can even things like the, the super driver, the kids are doing a driving simulation. We're seeing, okay, what is the next smart car really going to look like? How are our vehicles going to change in the next 5, 10, 15? What are our kids going to be driving when, God help us and save us, my kids actually get a driver's license? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm much closer to that than, than you can imagine. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really paying attention to some of the things like that. And based on the way they're doing super driver, I'm not sure I want to give them a car, but that's another story. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that you talk about technology and, and look at the technology that's on display here, a couple of different pieces to talk about. First, a look at Power City is a great example. Yes, it's a shuffleboard type of, type of game, and, and the point is learning about power management and distribution of power and resources and all these kind of things. At the same time, just look at the technology of the game itself, Right. that you've got this particular piece, and it's all projected on the ground. And as you move around, these pieces are moving around, so there's something there that's detecting your shuffleboard, you know, wand thing that you that you've got on the ground and moving it and it's all doing this in real time so you know if you're a, a student of video games and like to kind of watch how the technology makes this thing do what it's doing it's absolutely fascinating as well uh, lots of 3d uh, effects that are used here uh, which are pretty cool and, and no glass 3d you know don't need the 3d glasses or anything like that to accomplish some of the 3d effects that are going on so you know, especially as I go through some of Project Tomorrow, I'll also look and see all these experiences and go, how in the world did they do that? How did they pull off this effect? But again, it's it's the the ability and the talents of all the Imagineers. And Power City, you're going to get a workout. 
Like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna sweat a little bit if you do Power City uh, to its completion. So. Yeah, and, and I like the fact that you have all those different stations, so it's not one thing that people have to queue up for. Uh, there's usually not long lines for these as well, so you sometimes have to not worry what, about when you step off the attraction immediately looking down at your map saying, okay, we have, need to rush from here to somewhere else as opposed to enjoying the experience beyond just the the pre-show and the attraction itself. Yeah, I mean, again, it's this is something that take your time. This is this is part of the good stuff that you don't want to be missing and just <clears throat> excuse me, just rolling on through because you know, again, like you said, uh, with Power City, that alone you're going to be really working hard on. And uh, you know, Intervision I especially like as well because that um, the response and and just understanding how quickly can you be able to push certain buttons in certain ways. Um, it, it's it's kind of like Tetris for some of us who remember the old Tetris days. You know, I'm kind of showing myself here, but it's it's cool to see if you can beat your own time. And and again, there's this repeat factor um, that's that's often found, and we've talked about it before in other places like Toy Story Mania or Buzz Lightyear. You're trying to beat your best score, and so several of these you do have some sort of score system going on, and so you can go and try and you know, beat your own score uh, as you keep going on. So again, one of these things that you've got a lot of rewritability or in this case you know um, re-experience it and what i think has always been interesting and exciting for us as guests and probably a challenge too of someplace like epcot is because you are always trying to showcase future technologies you need to keep updating the attractions right you need to keep updating these experiences to make them catch up or even leapfrog what current technology is we'll probably end up starting to see that soon in places like project tomorrow i think mm. the next place that we're going to go to we're not there yet but considering what has been going on in re very recent history if we make a left after we sort of head over to uh future world west and head over to mission spaces advanced training lab all of a sudden all these things where we're talking about visiting mars and exploring mars and the space race now that the mars lander has been there before you know, that uh, science fiction is becoming much closer to science fact. Yeah, it def absolutely. And <clears throat> again, this is this is the one that I was mentioning before where it's please five more minutes, five more minutes. My three absolutely love the advanced training lab. They cannot get enough of the advanced training lab and especially, you know, the great space race uh, that's going on. And even if we're not, you know, the team up front, that is piloting and, and uh, managing the shuttle. If you're just you know part of mission control uh, in the back, they absolutely love doing those uh, doing those little kiosks and the individual uh, problems that you have to solve during uh, during the, the advanced training lab. And it's again, it, the, I get the beg, the please, 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 please. Can we just go in just to go do this real quick? And right. So, to them, it's an attraction. To them, that, yeah, that again, is a separate attraction. This is, right. this is the attraction. This is one of those where it really is the uh, you know the attraction after the attraction and and in some ways I think maybe even upstages the you know what's supposed to be the headliner. Well, I think and for some people too, Chuck, because Mission Space is not everybody's cup of tea, despite the orange and the green uh, options, not everybody wants to experience Mission Space, right? But what you can do is you can enter uh, if you want to sort of avoid the the attraction while maybe the rest of your family rides, you can come into the um, the advanced training lab and participate in things like mm -hmm. 
the space race or ex- expedition Mars. And the cool thing about the, the space race is it's not a 30 second, two minute kind of game. Here you have, for people who've never been before, you have two teams, astronauts and ground control, to see who can get their rocket from Mars to Earth first. So you have 60 right. players, up to 60 players in this 15 minute game, really working together and collaborating to make that happen. So if mom or the kids or somebody just doesn't feel like riding, they can go in for 15 minutes while you're in the queue and riding mission space and then meet up here at the end. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I like about, especially about mission space race, and again, we're at Epcot, we're, we're learning at the same time, we're learning through play. One of the important things that we learn in mission space race is the importance, in fact, the critical importance of teamwork. There are two teams out there. You've got Team Triton and Team Orion. Uh, there's one family that's up front that they are the ones managing the shuttle, but then you've got everybody back at uh, Mission Control. Well, those folks at Ground Control, they have to be watching for what colors they need. And, and when you play it, it'll be readily obvious you know, kind of what we're talking about if you haven't played it before. You, you have to upload certain colors so they can make fixes to the, to the spaceship. If your team behind you is not helping out, you're not going to be able to go as fast as another team who's got good teamwork going on. So it's important for everybody to understand the the critical importance of teamwork. And you've got you've got leaders who are shouting out what they need and you've got team members who are supplying that which is needed and when it all works right, you can make things uh, happen pretty quickly and when it's not, it gets to be tough. You know, and one thing too about space race which I don't believe Chuck is operational anymore was there was actually a component of the of the mission space race game that you could play online you're actually able to play online at home that had a very similar type experience and i believe when it first opened the experience that was taking place inside the mission space advanced training lab actually was working in conjunction with people who were playing online so it was very much of a, a, a an interactive thing that went beyond the confines of epcot went out into people who were playing online. I think that that element has been re- since removed. They don't know exactly when. I don't when. remember hearing about that for quite a while, so it's very possible that some of those tie-ins... Um, and, and remember, I remember hearing about it that you know there were, used to be these abilities. Um, American Idol at one point, I think, had something similar, and I don't think that that's going on anymore either, where folks from the outside could influence and, and have participation in the activities taking place in the park, you know, even though you know, here I am, you know, some 700 miles, 750 miles away from Walt Disney World, I could be involved in what was going on in different pieces of the park. My audition takes place daily in my car, but that's just for me and me alone. Well, anyway, you know, <laughs> there, there, there are other uh, there are other <laughs> I want to get past me singing very quickly. Other elements in the advanced training lab again range in experiences and range for different age groups. So there is something called the Space Base, which is an interactive play area for younger kids. So think of sort of what you see now in the Dumbo queue, right? Those those tubes that you can climb through, the rope nets that they could climb up. It's a place for them to go in a soft play area just for kids to maybe expend a little bit of that extra energy, especially for those younger guests or guests like myself that sometimes don't necessarily always meet the height requirement This is a nice play area for them that they can have fun with as well, too. There's also Expedition Mars. This is sort of what I was alluding to, where you can virtually explore the surface of Mars. Um, Again, science fiction becoming more like science reality with the the Mars rover recently landing. And there's also a neat thing, too, that they still have. And this, this is 
to me sort of harkens back to old school Epcot, right? When you used to go to the touch screens and you were able to make video voice calls. Well, now you're able to create an email, sort of a postcard from space for free at all these uh, video kiosks. So if maybe you have friends or family who are back home, you can take a picture or do a quick little video right at the kiosk and it sends a sort of space-themed video postcard via email. Yep, and we do this uh, just about every single trip and it doesn't take very long and you just have a an email address that you can plop this little photo to but again it's something fun it's something that the kids can do together families can do together uh and this is another one of those little free you know free little souvenirs that that are available and around um that you can get so again you know as you come off of of uh, mission space you know take some time in the advanced training lab and i think you're going to have a fantastic time it's a lot of fun there and you know what I just thought? For people either who have or have not done the uh, this, the uh, postcards from space yet, next time you go, do a postcard from space and email it to me at lou at www.radio.com, and I'll try and share it on the site. There we go. It'll be cool to see he's getting getting a, a video message from listeners while they're right there in Epcot. Um, let's stay on Future World West, and we are going to sort of take a, um, a sort of maybe a little peek into the future because – what we're going to talk about now, neither of us has seen as yet, because the when Test Track reopens on December 6th, there is going to be a completely re-engineered, re-imagineered attraction, which is really more about automotive design, right? You're going to enter a design studio, you're going to design your car, you're going to, you're going to board, that, board that simulated car for a test drive to see how your vehicle does in efficiency and power and responsiveness but they're going to take that experience in the attraction and bring it into the post show as well too so you can really see how well your car performed and sort of make a video game out of it as well too yeah it's it's going to be pretty interesting i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what what test track will be uh, a brief comment on what it was again you know we can only comment we can we know what what, we, what was there it used to be a big showroom with some of the the more uh, interesting uh, models for uh, GM out and about and showing off uh, some of the cars that were there. Uh, there was also talk about uh, some of the energy efficient uh, options that were there, biofuels, things like that. Now, you know, we are getting a few little glimpses into what will be when Test Track uh, officially reopens in December. Of course, soft openings beforehand are, are certainly possible. What we understand is that you know there will still be this sort of showroom style opportunity there where you can still look at Chevrolet cars uh, that will be on display. But we also understand that that you're going to have the ability to produce and share a television commercial. And it's, and again, I'll quote the Disney website here, saying that it will star your own dream ride. Now, I can assume that this will be the car that, that you designed back in the in the attraction itself. You know, in the, this, is, this is where pre-show and attraction now come into post-show. Right. Uh, and this is one thing I like about what Disney is doing here is that, you know, where we've we've talked about the interactive cues before, and some of them calling that, uh, you know, the the first scene of the attraction. Here, we're we're taking that whole story and carrying it through literally to the time that you walk out the door. You know, that the post show really is kind of the final act, um, the whole attraction uh, experience. So that it's it's not just a oh here's something I can just whip on through, or here's some just little extra thing. Uh, it really is the last act. Uh, of the whole experience. So I'm really looking forward to 
to Test Track and seeing uh, some of the new things that the Imagineers come up with at Test Track. See, when you said you're going to go back in time, I thought you were going to go sort of old world of motion, trans well, center, you know. bird and robot show. But look, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to remain consistent, right? So this Chevrolet showroom, which from a sponsor perspective is brilliant because tens of millions of people are seeing your vehicles each and every day. So you get to sort of see where we are now, some concept cars in the future as well, too. But I think you're right, Chuck. I think taking the pre-show into the attraction to the post-show, where you get to design this car and now race it in different kinds of um, uh, conditions to see, sort of using a, a, a virtual digital driving table. And then you've got that other creative element where you're, you're producing and starring, however that's going to be in this TV commercial. And I wonder, too, what the next gen- what the next step, or even this step, may be. Because I'm wondering how much of this, like a postcard from space, you'll be able to take with you, right? How much are you able to bring this home? Or what's going to be there waiting for you when you get home, whether it's on your computer, via email, or something else? Because we're starting to see it already, right? Sources of the Magic Kingdom yeah. begins as a physical game in the Magic Kingdom. Now, all of a sudden, you know that there's going to end up being some sort of online component at home. Well- this yeah, Disney fact, World experience, right? It's going two, to yeah. right. You get to leave with a consolation prize of the home, the <laughs> the test track home game. That's so. right. Well, and here's another thing. And you know, as we're talking about this, it's just kind of my own thoughts. So this has this is not grounded in any sort of rumor or fact or anything like that. So again, this is just a. I wonder. It is. It says on, on here on the website. It says produce and share a TV commercial starring your dream ride. Well, we know that that Disney themselves has been very good at something called crowdsourcing. And crowdsourcing is where a company can take submitted content from their users. Think about the, uh, the the memory campaigns that have been going around, and they turn that into advertisements. Could this be an opportunity of crowdsourcing for Chevrolet? Don't know. Could be interesting. Well, think about it too. I mean, as long as we're sort of blue skying to to borrow the term, we know or we think we know. What the these first tip of the icebergs iterations of next gen is going to be, right? These mm-hmm. wristbands with technology using RFID going to make a much more interactive, personalized experience. You wonder how those may potentially play, not only in the attractions, but in post shows as well, too. You know, does that car that you designed, does it somehow maybe get married to your wristband? Does it something that is remembered for next i mean who knows you know there's, yeah, i think there's I a lot i think it's sort of fun to sort of uh just throw ideas out on the table and wonder what may end up sticking going forward i but, mean this is this is one of those where the possibilities truly could be endless how is it that your could your dream car find its way even into a whole nother park that maybe it's oh hey we recognize that you've already been to test track we're going to sort of slip in your dream car that you did as a little extra element into something else somewhere completely different who knows and let me just be clear, Chuck, uh, just because I am an Italian guy from New Jersey, my dream car is still not the IROC Z28. So I just want to get that out there. It is a Chevrolet vehicle, but I was Pinto, not an IROC. Right? <laughs> we all don't fist pump. Anyway, all right. I want to go to the opposite side. I want to go to the east side of uh, Future World. And I've got to tell you, this one's a little tough for me, right? Uh, this This one's tough for me. I was... When Epcot opened, I immediately became an Epcot fan. A year later, I became enamored with this park. And part of the reason why was not just because of a new attraction, but because of 
new characters. Yep. And I'm certainly talking about Journey into Imagination and Dreamfinder and Figment, and we have all lamented the changes and the losses and things like that. But I have memories of what the post-show once was. I remember what the image works was before the changes. And now, obviously, now that Kodak is no longer a sponsor, you want to talk about a an interactive digital and physical playground because that's really what it was. That's what Imageworks was, right? And there was probably, I don't even know, maybe 15 to 20 different things. I remember like Figment's coloring book and we all know of the Rainbow Corridor and mm-hmm. Dreamfinder School of Drama, right? Talk about really making things interactive and making a commercial. You were actually getting into scenes with Dreamfinder and using this sort of chroma key technology and there were Westerns and sci-fi. I mean, that that itself was an attraction, whether it was a simple thing like a, a pin screen or the kaleidoscopes or the optical illusion stuff, that was a place that you literally could spend an hour plus just having fun and interacting with things at the time were very futuristic type technologies, uh, obviously, other than the pin screen. Yeah, this is, this is another one of those places where uh, you and I are optimists, and I think that you know we can talk about what was, and I think soon we will be talking about again what is. This is one of these places that is so ripe for changes, uh, and I think they're coming. I, I think that, that that Disney is not going to let such a valuable space uh, and, a, and a valuable attraction just kind of sit idle, like unfortunately it is right now. I think things are great. Things are going to be coming. I think Disney's going to be reusing some of that space and return this pavilion back to its original glory because you're right. It had so much to it that was there that it was almost a mini park in among itself. Yes, you could you could easily you know take up a couple of hours, uh, especially for younger guests because this really got to them because. You know what we have seen in in some studies is that the the concept of using your imagination is very strong in the preschool and uh, early to middle elementary years, and then it kind of sloughs off as it goes to middle school, and then sort of picks back up maybe a little bit in high school. But it's still those really young audiences. They're the ones that are the imaginators, the the imagination kids. They're the ones that just think about all of these incredible things. Um, because I guess experience hasn't beaten you know some of that out of them, but I can see this coming very very soon. Uh, it's something that you know Dreamfinder is making more and more returns, and so I- I'm thinking that this is coming back. And I don't know you know in what form. I, I hope that some of the things that were there uh, will be coming back. Make me slightly updated. You know, again, technology has changed since um, since the old. Um, uh, uh, ImageWorks went, or not, uh, the the Imaginate Labs uh, went away, but hopefully it'll it'll all be coming back. And uh, who knows? I mean, this could be a place where think about some of the new technology that's going on. Think about RFID. I mean, we were just talking about this with um, with Test Track. Think about you know the ability to tie different experiences to that wristband that you're that you're going to be wearing and taking that to station to station to station, and you can just build upon. Uh, all the different things that, that may be going on. So here, I think the possibilities are truly endless, and I'm I'm really excited and looking forward to what I hope will be coming soon. I, I very much agree with you, uh, because today what you have in there is very much a shell uh, of what it once was, and, and as Kodak has um, uh, left as a sponsor, that shell has gotten much 
emptier as well. There's a lot more uh, empty space there. There are still the stepping tones. There is Figment's Melody Maker where you can mm -hmm. sort of play these virtual instruments to sing one little spark. Uh, there's a creative figment, sort of like the, the virtual postcard. You can create your own figment and email it to yourself or a friend or somewhere from the family at home. And then the shop at the end where you can uh, still get your face sort of um, put in 3D in the crystals and you can get your mm -hmm. um, photo taken as an overlay. I, I, I very much agree with you. And for me, suffice it to, to say that I believe there is huge opportunity and huge potential here. Uh, and I would hope and believe that we are going to see some of that realized, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, um, over at, um, the imagination pavilion. All I it think takes is, it, it just takes one little spark, Lou, just one little spark. Oh, boy, you t I, the easiest softball I'm going to throw you all day. All right, let's move, um, let's move imagination. Let's go literally under the sea, uh, over at the Seas with Nemo and Friends, originally the Living Seas. This is a space that has not really changed very much, save for some new attractions that have been brought in. It still is all about, Chuck, it's the aquarium, right? Oh, originally yeah. the largest. Now I think it's the second largest after the, the one in, in, uh, in, in Georgia. Atlanta. Um, mm -hmm. It is one that is, I think, replete with not only... Fun, look, it's an aquarium on its face, right? It's fun to see, but I think there are great educational opportunities here. Um, you know, Disney, as always, they don't, when they create an attraction, they don't just create it on their own based on entertainment. They work with oceanographic experts and marine biologists, so they can create something that is um, not only a great entertaining experience, but a great educational experience as well, too. And all, while while some of these displays have changed over time, I still think the the message is still the same. Without a doubt, this is this is the the number one example of where I think the post show really outshines the the actual attraction. Don't get me wrong; I like the season with Nemo and Friends. I think it's a great attraction, especially the again the technology and the the display of of the characters at the very end. And you again, once you go, how do they do that? But you come out of that, and then you get to see the real deal. You get to go to the tank, um, and there's there's multiple tanks around. You can go and see the manatees. You can go see the dolphins, and and at certain times of the day, uh, there will be even a dolphin exhibit that's going on where you'll have uh, the uh, Imagineers uh, and cast members will come out and do some do some dolphin shows and explain different things about it. Um, there's so much more also besides just the tank. I mean, you, again, this is the how do they do it thing. You've also got Turtle Talk with Crush here, a whole nother attraction that's that's going on and is kind of all part of the, the post show experience. And you know, Turtle Talk with Crush, you know, in many respects is almost a show among right, itself. I, was say, I, I think I don't even I don't look at Turtle Talk with, Talk with Crush as a post show. I look at Turtle Talk with Crush as an attraction because I think that's how guests yeah. see it. It's not yeah, something I that you really go to after the attraction. I think many people come in specifically for Turtle Talk. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with you. That's why I said, you know, I really think it's almost a, a, a talk among it's a show among itself. But going into the to the main uh, to the tank, there's so many great things that you're going to see there, and you know, it's for a lot of a, a lot of folks who maybe don't have the opportunity to go to large aquariums. This is a great opportunity to go and see different aquatic species um, and and look around and see what's going on. 
depending on your level of ability, you can even go dive in the tank yourself. You can can participate in something called Dive Quest, or uh, if you're not quite a, a, a certified diver, you can do the Aqua Seas or the Seas Aqua Tour or the Dolphins in Depth uh, programs. These are special programs that you can do as well in the tank. Love it. I, I mean, this is the place where you can just kind of just sit and slowly. It's it, the the tank is created. It's got a little loop around it. Uh, around the center, so you can just kind of walk in on one side and slowly make the loop around and come back out. Just constantly kind of seeing what all the fish are doing, seeing the divers that are going on. Look for a hidden Mickey or two. You never know. You might find a few. Um, I personally enjoy this tank a lot. Um, if you're a photographer like me, um, this is another Nirvana place where you can easily fire off several hundred photos and not even think about it. So, you know, bring your camera. Um, just no flash. And... Uh, have fun fire away and while i do miss the hydrolators and the deluge there are a lot of elements that i really like about this and and the other thing too is chuck this space is huge right this caribbean coral reef aquarium is huge and no matter how long you stay there you will not see it all because there's i think it's six or seven thousand different fish that are in Mm -hmm. there 60 different species right so you've got you know, dolphins and sharks and rays and turtles and anglefish. And it's also, you know, it's a two-story uh, post show, right? Mm-hmm. Much like the old image works used to be where you can go upstairs. It's two stories. So on the first level, you have the different viewing areas, right? And and it's changed a little bit because now it is more themed towards Nemo, which I think is much more attractive to children. So if you want to watch the stingrays swim around before you go to Turtle Talk with Crush, you now go to Mr. Ray's Lagoon, right? It makes sense to them. It's, it's a great connection for children to want to now want to go over to it again, too. And in addition to the big tank, you've got all these little exhibits where Nemo and his friends sort of talk about the underwater world. And mm-hmm. I know from experience with my kids, there is it does make it more appealing to them because they're looking for fish that now they know they recognize and now they're inclined to look down and either read the placard or have me pretend that I know what I'm talking about reading off the placard and say oh well did you know that clownfishes really are not funny whatever they there's actually probably more <laughs> informative things than just that but the fun facts about Nemo and other fish in general I think is great too again for kids they want to you know, you want, remember Walt said you want to entertain him first and educate him second. Bruce's subhouse is a great example of that because there's fun games for them to play. There's tactile things for them to do, but it's educational as well, right? It's, it's all very hands-on, but sometimes they get a couple of surprises in there as well too. So they can feel the shark skin. They can look into the periscopes. They can lift the flaps and read different things about sharks or some of the different marine life. And it's so well-themed, right? You feel as though you are in this underwater sunken ship and these characters that you are familiar with are all around you. There's great photo ops to go back to your photography thing as well, too. Um, so I like that as well, too. My kids love getting into Bruce's mouth and taking a photo. But I think, Chuck, too, I think part of the reason why this is overlooked is because I wonder how many people take the time to go upstairs because there yeah, is I, that I whole second level. the problem. Right. And, and when you go there, there's two things that I love. First, you've got this circular observation platform right in the middle of the aquarium. So you are pretty much surrounded on 300 degrees by water, right? Gives you a great view 
into the aquarium, but you also have the manatees, right? You get to learn about the manatees, you can see the tank, but you can also go there, check the times, and and uh, not only learn about the manatees and, and, and why they're endangered, but when you go and, and watch the feeding, right? Because this is a real aquarium, they mm-hmm. want to show you what is going on, what these uh, animal caretakers are, are doing, and gives you a chance to see the manatees up close. Yeah, and one of the things, especially with the manatee tank, that I like that, again, this is really thinking about your audience. On the upper level, you have the, the, the manatee tank where you can see from above and, and watch down into the water and see the manatees and, and talk with cast members. But then if you go down below, same place, you can see the same tank from underneath, and you get the ability really to appreciate the, the sheer size of these creatures because a manatee is not a small animal at all. They are really big. You don't really get that sense of right. size looking from up above and, and looking down you know, uh, into the surface of the water. When underneath, and you can see them from underneath uh, in the, the lower observation point, you really do get an idea of just the, the, the sheer size and, and docileness uh, of, of the manatee and, uh, and you know, how gentle a creature it really is. Also, again, uh, talking about some of the, the vantage points from down below. Uh, that you can see and and look up through the the uh, through the main tank to see some of the the, the um, various fish that are going around. That's a, I think that's a great place to see dolphins as well because you'll really kind of see them from a different perspective. You can see you know as they make those big deep dives to where up top you might not be able to see them because they they kind of go out of your field of view. Down below in the angle with which you can see them, you can really appreciate the ability of a dolphin and how they can maneuver themselves through the water. So that's one of the things that I think when, when the tank was first created, Disney paid some real attention to viewpoints to be able to see the same thing going on, but from many different viewpoints and many different angles so that you can really appreciate you know, what's there. And, and I want to make a point to be clear that, you know, just because it was rethemed towards Finding Nemo, right? And they've got Mr. Ray's Lagoon and the sub house and Turtle Talk with Crush. It did not in any way take away from the opportunities for adults to get a lot out of this as well too i go there uh with my kids because they love the aquarium but invariably you will learn something as well too you will enjoy this as much as they do like a lot of the other post shows possibly on a different level possibly beyond the aquarium itself but there are cast members you can talk to there are ocean resource exhibits there are a lot of little learning opportunities i guarantee if you go to bruce's subhouse and read everything about the shark you're going to walk away going i i never learned that in jaws i did not know that you know sharks did this so i think that there's great opportunity there again i know you're, you're going to have fun but there it is not for kids alone and i think that's what all of these post shows have in common. They are not specifically geared towards one age, one demographic, one group, whatever it may be. There are certainly fun opportunities, educational opportunities in each one of these. Yeah, they're all about family. This is, again, we, we, we've talked about this more and more times than, than I could probably count. Walt Disney World itself is a place for families. And you're seeing these, these post shows and the way that they're constructed they're done with families in mind so that families can come together, young, old, you know, or kids who have yet to grow up like Lou and myself. They can still come out and, and be together, learn together, play together, and, and have fun and be a family. And I think, again, that's the whole point behind all of this, be a family. And, you know, there's, there's a mixed message, too. 
because while Bruce and his friends may may say that fish are friends, not food, I think the guests down at the Coral Reef may say otherwise, but I digress. I want to mention quickly... We've got an ADR in like 10 minutes, right, Lou? <laughs> a couple of, of extinct post shows, one I alluded to before, things like uh, at uh, Wonders of Life, you know, Goofy at Health, yeah. Goofy about Health, uh, the Trans Center over at World of Motion, upstairs, right? So many people, I'm sure, have ever been upstairs, although you used to be able to go via elevator or stairs to journey into imagination. All those spaces, save for Trans Center, still afford opportunities for other attractions, other things, or some of those things that I very much miss. But Chuck, the, the question that I want to leave those people who are listening is sort of a two-part question because I'm still a recovering attorney and I, every question has more than one part. So what is your favorite? What is your favorite post-show and or what would maybe you like to see? What would you like to see brought into a post-show, whether specifically for one of the pavilions or what kind of experience would you like it to be? Visit the show notes over at WDWRadio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Leave your comments there. Chuck and I will go in as well, too. We'll respond yeah. and uh, and keep the conversation going. I'd love to hear, first of all, what people's favorites are and if people maybe have overlooked these. Because I think, Chuck, I think some of them have. And that was sort of the, the catalyst for doing this segment. Yeah, again, without a doubt. This Once again, you know, slow down, look around, uh, not just look up, but sometimes go up. Well, if you have the ability to go somewhere maybe you haven't uh, been before, you know, when, when you come off an attraction, don't just think about, oh, where's the exit so I can go to the next thing, um, and, including you about you know, trying to go get you know, food, blue. You know, turn left or right or go up or down. It's okay. You can do it. You can, you can hold off on a snack for a little bit. But do that. Go around and explore because that's what Epcot is all about. Epcot is about exploration. Epcot is about learning and about discovery and if and if you don't go and try and seek out some of this knowledge you're, you're never going to understand and even appreciate everything that, that you actually did miss absolutely and listen people say half jokingly all the time about how attractions empty out into gift shops we just gave you some great examples where that is not the case where you empty out into a place of opportunity and a place of experience and we think attractions in and of themselves chuck lionberger from disneydaddy.blogspot.com i want to thank you for coming on again definitely have to do this again always in the a pleasure future. yeah we'll we'll definitely have to keep uh, keep going we've got a lot more to a lot more to talk about sounds good buddy thanks again take care the Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to challenge yourself to see how well you know your Walt Disney World history or trivia, or pay attention to the details, see if you can identify a quote or a line from an attraction or a show. Each week, I'll ask you a new question for a chance to win a Disney prize package, but before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, we were in Disney's Hollywood Studios, and wanted to talk about some of those deeper details, and we talked about how Disney Junior Live on Stage is in a location which was previously home to Playhouse Disney Live. That show replaced one of my and my kids' favorites, which was Bear in the Big Blue House. But Bear in the Big Blue House actually replaced a restaurant which was originally in that location. I asked you to identify 
what the name of that restaurant was that had multiple themes, including Big Business, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. And once again, hundreds of you sent in correct answers. Many of you remembered, some of you did not, but you all knew that it was the Soundstage Restaurant. Now that building has always been known as Soundstage 5, and when the restaurant first opened, it was made to look like it was a movie set or a wrap party from a variety of different Disney films that changed over time. It was sponsored by the J.M. Smucker Company, the Jelly and Jam people, and it was a buffet that also included characters as well. Now, originally, the restaurant was themed from a Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin film from 1988 called Big Business. In keeping with the theme and story of Disney MGM Studios, it looked as though the set had been struck and there were a lot of filmmaking props around. Even the cast members made you feel as though you were part of this rap party. Eventually, the theme changed. It became Beauty and the Beast, and it went from buffet to counter service in a number of different sort of miniature food courts where you can get pizza, salads, hamburgers. Later on, it became an Aladdin-themed restaurant where characters of the genie and Jafar would be there, and then eventually became Pocahontas, where you could meet Governor Radcliffe and Miko as well. And actually, that's where the golden camels, the now spitting camels that are outside the magic carpets of Aladdin in Adventureland, went after they were part of the Aladdin Royal Caravan Parade. They were out in front of the Soundstage restaurant while it was themed towards Aladdin. And so in November of 1998, the Soundstage restaurant closed to make room for Bear in the Big Blue House. So thanks again to all of you who entered. And this week you are playing for a prize package that included all of my audio tours of Walt Disney World, a WW Radio luggage tag, button, and the mystery prize are some items from Epcot's 30th anniversary. So thank you again. Congratulations to everybody who got the answer correct. But this week's winner is Leanne Stoller. So Leanne, congratulations. Please send me your address. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you didn't win, that's okay, because here's your chance to play in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. So this week, we're talking about Walt Disney and with the WW Radio Cruise on the Disney Dream with our very special guest, Richard Sherman, coming up in just a couple of days. I thought we would maybe combine the two, because according to Richard Sherman, what was Walt Disney's favorite tune that would ask the Sherman brothers to come in and play for him on a Friday afternoon. And here's a hint. You can find the answer to this question in WDW Radio show number 80, which is my first interview with Richard Sherman. Now, because I am going to be away on the cruise, I'm going to give you some extra time for this one, but you're also going to play for a special prize as well. You need to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. Again, tell me Walt Disney's favorite Sherman Brothers song that he would ask them to come and play on Friday afternoons. You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, November 11th. And again, you're playing for a prize package that's going to include all of my audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, a WDW Radio luggage tag and a button, and a Sherman Brothers songbook two-CD set and a signed item from Richard Sherman, which I'll get signed for you on the cruise. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Be sure and also join us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern over at www.radiolive.com. It's a live interactive video broadcast where you can be in the chat room and discuss this week's Walt Disney World news with us. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello. And subscribe to my profile on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. 
Also, be sure and come by the website for new videos, daily blog posts, our free, fun, friendly discussion forums, and lots more. You can also subscribe to our free monthly email newsletter and get WW Radio delivered to your inbox every day for free. Get notified of new updates, podcasts, blog posts, and more. Again, all this can be found over at WDWRadio.com. I know I'd love to hear from you, so if you want to leave a voicemail from the parks with a question or a comment about this week's show, call 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. You can also email me with a question I'll answer on the show at lou at wdwradio.com. And as much as I love hearing from you on Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest, all the different ways you can connect and subscribe, I still think nothing beats a handshake and a hug. And our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World is tentatively scheduled for Friday, November 16th. Going to do something a little bit different this time. Meet on a Friday evening. Maybe get together over at the Katsura Grill over at the Japan Pavilion at Epcot. Stay tuned to the events page for more information about that meet as well as everything we have planned coming in 2013 including our trips to Aulani, other locations on the road and our WDW Radio cruise on the Disney Fantasy. I'll have the date of, of that cruise coming next week. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel, my recommended travel provider, helping us put together this cruise and other events. You can find them over at mousefantravel.com, where they're coming to Disney World, Land, Adventures by Disney, or a Disney Cruise Line vacation. When you do come to Walt Disney World, maybe you want to stay in something a little bit bigger. You want multiple master bedrooms, bring the whole family, your own pool and game room. You can go to allstarvacationhomes.com for everything from a two-bedroom condo up to a seven-bedroom home within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World. To get some Disney magic delivered to you wherever you are, visit CelebrationsPress.com. You can subscribe and order back issues to Celebrations Magazine, and you can also get it delivered instantly to your iPad as well. If you're coming down for the Food and Wine Festival or for any Disney dining, and Disney dining is an attraction in and of itself, visit DisneyFoodBlog.com and the Disney Food Blog store over at DFBGuide.com. Use code WDWRadio at checkout and you can save on their guide to the Food and Wine Festival, their guide to dining in Walt Disney World, and much more. Again, you can find that over at DFBStore.com. Finally, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is, as always, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share the link on Facebook or Pinterest. Please come by, rate and review the show over on iTunes, and also please don't forget to vote once per day, every day, for WDW Radio for a podcast award in the travel category over at podcastawards.com. I'll put that link on the website in the show notes as well, too. And finally, and most importantly, I am so very grateful for you taking the time to tune in and listen to the show this and every week. And I want you to be able to do what you love each and every day. Success is not always measured in terms of dollars and cents, but how happy you are and how good you feel when you look in the mirror every day. Motivation is what's going to get you started. Determination is what's going to keep you going. And always, always keep moving forward. Have a great week, everybody. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou. Just listen to show number 297 with you and Jim Corcus talking about the Sid Coinga store and all of us just relish every episode that Jim Corcus is on. It's just just such a treasure. I have a vault of Walt on the bed stand right next to the old Holy Bible and uh, wanted to be the first to wish you uh, 
Happy podcasting coming up on your 300th episode. And just don't know how to say thanks for how much you do and keep the magic of Disney in all our hearts. And we appreciate it so much. And thanks again. Tim in Swanee, Georgia. Hey, Lou. This is Frank from Las Vegas, Nevada. Just calling in to let you know how great your show is. I've been listening to your show for about over a year and a half now, and uh, I actually haven't been to Walt Disney World, and uh, your show really gave me a lot of insight and anticipation to what I would expect when I finally get there. Um, my wife and I have been Disney fans pretty much uh, as, as long as we could know. Um, she became a Disney fan shortly after we got married back in about 2004 when I took her to Disneyland for the first time. Uh, which is more down the street. So uh, since then, we've been going there multiple times per year and have always been Disney fans ever since. Well, the Walt Disney World drought finally ended this last couple weeks when I took her and myself to Walt Disney World for the very first time. And, uh, you know, long story short, it was just basically magic for both of us. Um, I remember taking her to Disneyland for the first time, and she knew nothing about the Disney parks and uh, actually had never been anywhere outside of Las Vegas her whole life. So when I took her there and she seen the castle for the first time and all the characters at Main Street, her eyes just lit up, and that's something I will never forget. And she's been that way ever since, every time she goes there. Well, I got to relive that great moment actually for both of us because this was the first time seeing Walt Disney World and both our eyes lit up. I remember the first time walking down Main Street and seeing Cinderella Castle. So all that was just a great experience. I was able to take a lot of things from different episodes on your show uh, and implement them on my first visit here. So I just wanted to give you a call and let you know that. And uh, the next time I'll visit Walt Disney World, it'll be just as great as this time. And thanks for your show. It's a great show. I'm glad to finally visit this great park that you do a show about every week. So, thanks, Lou. Keep up the good work. Have a great day. You've got a friend in me. Yeah.